All right, good morning. Welcome everyone to the uh, week ahead. This is our weekly audio podcast via Twitter spaces. This is our third episode. We are, of course, kind of honing in on the bill filing deadline uh, for the Texas legislature. And as such, uh, we wanted to kind of make sure that we kind of give an overview on to what's not only happening this week, but what's kind of being talked about in the Twitter sphere, if you will, uh, related to the Texas legislature. Our episode this morning will primarily be focused on the kind of corporate welfare revival effort that's taking place uh, currently in the Texas House of Representatives, but certainly um, overall uh, in the overall Texas legislature. So I'll set the stage real quick. My name's Jeremy Kitchen. I'm the executive director of Texans for Fiscal Responsibility. We are, of course, joined by Tim Harden, our fearless leader, president and CEO. Good morning, Tim. Good morning. And we also are joined by special guest Robert Montoya, an investigative reporter, senior journalist there at Texas Scorecard. Good morning, Robert. Good morning, and thanks for having me on, Jeremy. Great to be with Texas Fiscal Responsibility. No problem, man. So um, we'll talk about your investigative series here in a few minutes. Uh, certainly want to set the stage for that. But I think the most important thing to kind of bring up first is, you know, and, and we've talked about this last week, of course, as well, uh, but there is a revival effort currently underway for the largest corporate welfare program in the state of Texas. Uh, you're not allowed to call it a Chapter 313, of course, but that is a, that is what we're talking about. Uh, for those that don't know, a very brief history, the Chapter 313 tax abatement program actually ended on December 31st of, uh, of last year. The Texas legislature last legislative session uh, chose not to renew Graham, uh, which was uh, set to expire. And of course it did. Now in the interim period before the legislative session started, you had Republican leadership at least certainly in the Texas House of Representatives express, you know, support for reviving it in some manner. Uh, we reported on that several times. I know the Texas scorecard did, other outlets did. Um, and of course that a, a bill, it is unclear whether it's the bill that's blessed off on by leadership, but a bill was filed uh, by Republican state representative J.M. Lozano, I believe two weeks ago, House Bill 2421. And it is very apparent based on kind of the uh, the way lawmakers, other elected officials, people that lead different organizations that are supportive of such things are talking about it, that, you know, they're going to attempt to kind of ram this through. And of course, this the question remains, who is supporting it? So uh, before I kind of give some additional details on that, I wanted to give a 30,000 foot overview. Tim, maybe did you want to talk about kind of the position of TFR on this subject? And then we'll move on to Robert uh, here shortly. Yeah, so, uh, you know, TFR has always uh, opposed corporate welfare in any form. You know, that doesn't matter if it's for oil and gas. That doesn't matter if it's for um, renewable energy. Uh, ultimately, uh, what, what these quote unquote incentives are they are corporate welfare and ultimately they are stealing from texas taxpayers uh, through the form of multiple forms of taxation and they are giving over to multinational billion dollar corporations who according to many polls don't even care if they receive these things so we're literally wasting it in the in the in the example of 313s 11 billion dollars of taxpayers money going into the pockets of multinational corporations, many of which uh, have been caught canceling conservatives and opposing conservative agenda. And so we uh, have always opposed these things. And no matter what form they take, no matter what they are called, we will continue to oppose them because they're immoral. 
Robert, what are your thoughts? I mean, obviously, this is something at Texas Scorecard you, you all have covered, and, and we'll get into your investigative series. But at a 30,000-foot level, you know, as someone who's kind of covered uh, this issue for, I guess, a long time now, what are your initial thoughts? Well, really, the best way for me to give my initial thoughts is to explain you know, why we called our investigative series when we did. Chris and Stanch and I, when we looked at Chapter 313, we titled this five-article series, Texas Mafia. Now, why did we call it that? Well, because we found similarities between this system the legislature created and the way the New York Mafia behaved as documented in the Netflix documentary Fear City. That documentary talked about how the mob profited off of New York's tax abatements, but also just like how the mob families worked together through what they called the committee to decide where the money would flow, we found the Texas legislature set up school district boards like these committees deciding which certain businesses would be favored with lower taxes while everyone else pays high taxes. It's a process that lacks transparency because, like the mob, they work in the shadows. Where there is transparency, information is not easily digestible for the average citizen. And finally, school districts can extort protection money from these businesses they give special deals to. All in all, this is a completely corrupt system that it's very, very sad we're seeing a Republican-controlled legislature and Republican governor pushing to revive and rebrand this system. Now, you mentioned the governor, of course. So uh, we got word over the weekend that uh, Governor Greg Abbott is set and scheduled to give an announcement, unclear as to what that announcement is, but an announcement regarding economic development here in Texas at a press conference to be held in Austin on Wednesday at the governor's mansion. Um, last week, I believe uh, he had he had given a speech kind of talking about the importance of, quote unquote, economic incentives. Of course, uh, those that may be tuned into his state of the state address Though it was not dubbed an emergency item, he led off the address by talking about the need for the Texas legislature to provide an environment for economic incentives for local governments. Um, you know, of course, this is what I was speaking to earlier. It seems as if we're kind of setting the stage for um, allowing some sort of renewal. Of course, it's unclear whether it's the Lozano bill I talked about earlier or not, but some sort of renewal or revival effort uh, to take shape um, here this legislative session. So, of course, we have heard that there is potentially another bill that will be filed um, in the House of Representatives. This was uh, brought on, uh, you know, we'd seen this via Twitter, but this was brought on um, and it, at a recent event by the Texas Economic Development Council uh, had mentioned it. Um, and then uh, we've also heard that there is potentially a bill to be filed in the Senate. Uh, those have not happened to my knowledge um, as of yet. But, um, you know, it's important to note that one of the kind of misgivings or declared opposition from some lawmakers last session in the previously existed version of the chapter 313 program was its inclusion of quote unquote renewable energy right getting getting the tax abatement um, the bill as filed by J.M. Lozano, House Bill 2421, still includes that, right? And so it's unclear whether or not, let's say, if that's the bill that goes through the legislative process, if those same lawmakers that had opposition to such a thing last legislative session are still opposed to it or not, or if maybe that'll be something that's taken out. Um, Robert, wanted to give you the opportunity to kind of expand. So just to remind any listeners, right, we're talking about y'all's investigative series at Texas Scorecard, a five part series called Texas Mafia that you talked about earlier. Maybe give it, give some uh, some details. Obviously, it's it's a lengthy piece and we'll link to it um, in this episode's 
show notes, but wanted to maybe kind of let you have, uh, um, you know, the floor to kind of talk about some of the more the bigger takeaways, I guess, for taxpayers. Right. Well, one thing and uh, you just, you know, you hit on already, you know, everyone, you know, been talked about the outrage of how uh, through 13 has been linked to the uh, pushing of unreliable energy. And, you know, we've heard the Texas legislature and their plans to revive and rebrand this program. They wanted to cut that out. What's important to know is that it's not just unreliable energy that historically has been part of this mafia system. In fact, there was even a real question of national security risk brought on by the system. Let's take a look real quick. You know, Corpus Christi Liquefaction, a company no one's ever heard of, they had five existing agreements with Gregory Portland ISD. Well, their parent company is Chenier Corpus Christi Holdings. Well, Chenier Energy, one, they have a market capitalization of close to $40 billion. So clearly they don't need any help. I don't know why we even consider like these are not small businesses these deals are going to. But also, Corpus Christi Liquefaction, they've done business with the Chinese Communist Party. And so right then there we have here a system set up the Texas legislature that allowed those connected with uh, our enemies, which everyone's highlighted now the national security risk the CCP poses to us. This was allowed to go through with no checks at all to stop it. But also there's something else people need to know. It's just like it's also not just unreliable energy. There's also, you have a deal with Fujifilm Biosynth Biotechnologies Texas. They have an agreement with Bar ISD. What is this company? It specializes in gene therapy and vaccine production. And they're going to receive a $30 million taxable value limitation each year for 10 years. Their market capitalization is close to $21 billion. So there's two examples right there of how it's not just unreliable energy. There are other two other questionable industries that you have to wonder that are people have a lot of questions right now with vaccines. You had James O'Keefe, Project Veritas, recently exposed a lot of questionable practices of one medical company. These are two very, very serious issues where you have right now them benefiting from a corrupt system Texas set up. This is important for people to know why it's not just unreliable energy. There's a lot of industries benefiting from this. Now, Tim, we've talked about this several times before. Uh, certainly, I, I gave you the opportunity to kind of talk through, um, you know, this program as it existed previously, the Chapter 313 program. There was a rush for applications last year, right, before the end of this. Um, you know, do you want to kind of talk through that and what that looked like and what this process looks like? Yeah, so uh, I want to say there was, I don't know the exact number, 400 and something applications that all rushed in, which was, of course, way more uh, than were usually coming in. And of course, uh, you know, when we started looking through a lot of these, uh, a lot of these were simply placeholders. Uh, they didn't really have any, any or the time was like way out there, you know, like 30 years, things, uh, crazy things like that. Um, and so it, it's apparent that either the lobbyists or the corporations themselves uh, who were going after these uh, did not know whether these things were going to be revived or not. So there was just this bum rush uh, on the organization uh, or on the comptroller to to file and get these things secured just in case they're not able to come back. And so um, that's that's kind of the situation of what happened last year. It does look like this year uh, that, like I said, we have uh, we have Thielen who has come out uh, in favor of reviving this. We've had Abbott come out and say that he would like more incentives, which is quote-unquote code words for corporate welfare. Uh, that I hardly ever hear them use that word when they're not talking about corporate welfare. Uh, and so uh, we will see uh, where we go this session, but that's essentially what's happened in the last year. And of course, those ended 
on the 31st of December this last year. I'm going to throw this out to whoever would like to take it. I mean, I think the question remains, and I get this question a lot when I go around and speak, right, is who does support this, right? You have explicitly both in the Republican Party and Democrat Party of Texas platforms opposition to corporate welfare, right? And, and specifically in the Texas GOP platform, it specifically says they're opposed to a revival effort of the Chapter 313 program, right? And so it makes you wonder who does support this? Anyone want to take a stab at that? Well, I would say, go ahead, Rob. No, please go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, obviously um, uh, the legislators support this. And I think the fact that, you know, it, the revival of 313, this is why they're saying, don't call it 313s. <laughs> it's something else, right? Uh, but what the surprise, one of the surprising statistics is, you know, the corporations themselves um, when when polled, there's two different polls that I've referenced in past articles. One is from, I think, 2017. This is a nationwide poll. And about 25% of uh, corporations who accepted these quote-unquote incentives or corporate welfare uh, even factor that into moving locations, moving from one state to another. Uh, but even more specifically, I believe this is in 2018, uh, there was a poll done of a Chapter 313 recipients. Uh, there was about 80 of them. And 15% of these uh, even factored that in to moving to Texas, which tells us this corporate welfare program, this incentive program, whatever you want to call it, uh, is not a major factor in corporations actually coming over here. And so we could say that, you know, the vast majority of corporations don't even care whether they get these things. And so that can at least, you know, uh, uh, eliminate them. And we can say, hey, you know, this is likely lobbyists or the swamp in Austin or, or a combination of those things. But those those statistics are staggering. Because uh, they, they, you, politicians make you feel as though these things are necessary to bring businesses, but even among the recipients of the program itself, fifteen percent even even factored it into moving to Texas, which tells us they're moving to Texas for other factors. Robert, do you have any kind of final thoughts on this before we move on to another subject? Sure. Yes, I think one thing's very clear from the research we have done is the fact that. Uh, Texas public school districts, I would say, are the ones that are really love this program. Also, well, let's look at the formalized extortion we investigated. Now, Ector County ISD gave a corrupt deal to Cerro, Texas, for a pro total property tax savings for that company of more than $206 million over the lifetime of that deal. Now, they could have lowered taxes for everyone, but instead they just gave especially to Cerro. In exchange, Ector County ISD is going is estimated to get a kickback of more than $52 million from Nacero. And that's not even, that's just, there are even more school districts. We uh, looked at another school district. There's a deal between Taylor ISD and Samsung Austin Semiconductor. Now, this one's been highly talked about in the media. Um, for them giving their special tax deal to Samsung, it's estimated that Samsung's going to pay Taylor ISD, you know, more than $3.5 million. So those are two examples right there where school districts are making a profit off of these deals. So when 313 died, this way for them to, like, you know, pad their wallets uh, went away. So I think there's probably grains down on the part of school districts to see this return. And that's troubling because, as we know, over recent history, we have seen that not all, but too many school districts have exposed themselves being anti-parent, uh, anti-Texan, and also in, uh, engaging in indoctrination of sexual deviancy of children. So I'm not sure why we should even be 
first talk about giving school districts more money, I think the first question should be, uh, where's the accountability here? Well, it's certainly something that we're going to continue, of course, to talk about. I imagine this is going to continue to rear its head as the legislative session unfolds for sure. And obviously, as Tim alluded to earlier, from the perspective of Texans for Fiscal Responsibility, we're outright opposed to any form of corporate welfare. Uh, before we close today, I wanted to kind of remind everyone that this week, right, today is actually day 49 of the ongoing legislative session. The House will not be, uh, will not reconvene until day 50 tomorrow, Tuesday, um, I believe at 2 p.m. The Texas Senate, same way, will not reconvene until 11 a.m. Uh, tomorrow, day 50. That's, of course, 10 days away from the bill filing deadline, which is next Friday, March 10th. Um, that'll mark day 60. And then, of course, uh, the other thing I'd like to remind folks is that there are committee hearings ongoing. Finally, both the House and Senate are starting their business. I know the subcommittees for the House Appropriations Committee um, are continuing to meet at least in the beginning part of this week. Um, so that process is officially starting. So wanted to remind everyone that you can stay up to date with everything that's going on by, of course, following us on social media at Texas Taxpayers. Of course, uh, tuning into our website, texastaxpayers.com. Make sure to, to go and check out Robert Montoya's uh, material and investigative uh, series. We'll make sure we include that um, in our show notes for this episode, but we appreciate everyone being with us this week. We will be back next week. Mm -hmm.